Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. But you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Seeker Podcast at Service of Change, where we challenge reality, question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, with Service of Change. On this episode of The Seeker Podcast, I'm going to be getting into alternative health treatments, natural cures, home remedies, things you can do on your own to take charge of your own health and empower your wellness, things that I personally use each and every day, whether I'm well or sick or injured, things that have helped me, successes I have found, where you can get started because it can seem like an overwhelming and impossible task. But more and more people are finding when they take on this by themselves, as opposed to relying on somebody else to tell them how to take care of themselves, they feel better. And I want to help you with that in this episode of the Seeker Podcast. Before I do that, some things in the news that are of interest that I'd like to get into. Uh, This first one comes to us from Unknown Country, titled, CIA says Russian hacking efforts were aimed at influencing the election in Trump's favor. Now, basically, I'll have this, I'll have everything linked in the show notes, as always, but what this article talks about uh, is how the Central Intelligence Agency has has concluded that the Russians have hacked into both the DNC and the RNC email accounts and servers and whatever they call it, and pulled information from it, but they only released the information that was damaging to the Democratic side, preserving Trump's information, Trump's, uh, I guess, image. Um, my, my frustration with this is, yes, this information's coming out. Maybe it was the Russians, maybe it wasn't. I don't know who to believe anymore. But one thing I want to focus our attention on is whether or not this was done, that the Russians did somehow try to manipulate and influence this election. That doesn't change the value of the information that was put out there. Let us not forget that. The things that came out during that campaign about the Clintons, it doesn't change what she has done. Let's make that quite clear. And again, remember, I was neither pro-Trump nor pro-Clinton. I didn't vote for either of them. I didn't vote for anybody because I didn't like anybody that was running for president. So, But what I am saying is now we're starting to see people try to manipulate information again and use that. So heed, caution. You can find more with this article and other articles through serviceofchange.com. I'll have the links in the show notes. Uh, I encourage you to do your own research. Let this be a starting point, but just keep that open mind that they're making this. They keep coming after the Russians, going after the Russians, going after the Russians. 
let's start looking in a different direction, whether they influenced or not. Let's not let this push us to an act of war. It doesn't change the value of the intel that came out of there. All right, enough on that one. Let's move over. Uh, another one out of Unknown Country. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, borrowing two of their articles for this episode because I like the things that they put out there. Climate researchers resort to guerrilla archiving to safeguard key data from Trump. So basically what they're saying is they are afraid that once Donald Trump takes office because of the people he's putting into his cabinet positions and they are against the idea of climate change that they are going to get rid of all of the existing data. They think that's a slim possibility, but they what they're more concerned concerned about is that he's going to shut down things like the Environmental Protection Agency and other government watchdogs that track this data. And they, they say that it's important to have regularly collected data so we can identify and compare trends to understand where we are, where we've been, and where we may be going in relation to climate. So if they're going to eliminate the collection of data, we're going to have no means of measuring what the heck is going on in this world. So they're trying to create a, it looks like a public source archive of this data so it can continue to be available to the public so we can continue to do our own research. So keep eyes on that. And again, I challenge you to see what else you can pull and send my way. This next one's pretty interesting. This comes to us from uh, NBC4 out of Washington. University of Maryland, Maryland seismologists investigate mysterious chivalry booms. The seismology department at the University of Maryland is trying to help a Maryland town identify... <clears throat> excuse me, trying to help a Maryland town identify the source of mysterious loud booms which have been jolting residents from their sleep and damaging their homes for decades. Decades! They still can't figure out what's going on. One of the things I think is interesting, I'm just skipping through this article here. Um, there was a part where he says, I think the craziest one I've heard is the escape tunnel that's from Washington, D.C., and that they're building a highway underneath chivalry. I find that one interesting that, you know, he's saying that's one of the craziest theories he's heard, but we know that they are doing a lot of work with underground bases, dumb, dumb, deep underground military bases. They call them under Detroit. Uh, I'm sorry, not Detroit. Um, Denver, Colorado, we know there's a, there's a deep base under there, among other places. So is it possible that somebody is drilling underneath and creating some kind of tunnel, passageway, city, cavern, survival bunker? Uh, I don't know, but I'd say that's one worth investigating and exploring. So you good researchers out there, please take a look. See what else you can find on that one. Uh, this next one. Very interesting. It's a story I have been tracking off and on. I covered it in the past previous election, um, previous podcasts. China takes action on thousands of websites for, quote, harmful, obscene content. This one comes to us out of Reuters. China has shut down or, quote, dealt with thousands of websites for sharing harmful, erotic, or obscene content since April. The state's Office for Combating Pornography and Illegal Publications announced on Thursday. The office said 2,500 websites were prosecuted or shut down, and more than 3 million harmful posts were deleted in eight months up to December during the drive to purify the internet in China and protect youth, the official Xinhua News Agency reported. The article goes on to explain these organizations a little bit more and what they're doing. I talked about this a few weeks ago. We talked about Facebook working with a private company that works with China to develop an algorithm to help filter out a lot of the content they deem is fake news or what they don't want their citizens to hear. The minute the government starts filtering the information you have access to, they are limiting your freedoms. We need to be mindful of this. We need to start brainstorming in case this comes to the U.S. I think it's already here. 
Um, I'll talk on that in a minute, but we need to be mindful of this. How are you getting your news? How are you consuming your news and your information? I hope it's from multiple sources, but we need to be mindful that there's things we may not have access to because of certain algorithms that are being put in place. We're starting to see a move toward this, especially with the attacks on, quote, fake news. This worries me tremendously. I listened to a podcast by David Icke today and he touched on the same thing. He talked about some of the same frustrations that I have now. He's got over 700,000 followers on his Facebook page. I have maybe one to 200. Big difference between him and me, but the statistics are still the same. His stuff's getting shown to maybe 5% of his followers. So 700,000 people sign up because they want to see what David Icke's saying on Facebook and Facebook's only showing it to 5% of his people. Me, I'm seeing about 1% to 2% of those of you out there that are getting my content that I'm putting out there. Things that I feel are important in this research that obviously you had somewhat of an interest in if you chose to like the page and follow it. Uh, you know, So I try to put it out there to keep you informed. And what do you get? 1% to 2%. Part of that reason is because Facebook wants me to pay money, wants us to pay money in order for you to get informed, which I don't think is right. I don't think is fair. That's one of it. But the other one that David was talking about is how some of this information, it, you know, depending on the subjects that we're covering and the content we're, t- we're covering is being targeted so our websites don't get traffic driven to them, so our websites go away and ultimately disappear. Um, our stuff is not getting shown. He had some pretty good statistics um, regarding Twitter uh, feeds. He says, you know, out of the 45,000 hits he gets a day. He gets 45,000 hits on his website a day. He said of those, only 100 of them were coming from Twitter, but he shares everything through Twitter and everything where else where he's getting stuff, but his stuff's not getting shown. We can speculate all day long. I don't have the answer at this point in time. All I'm saying is there's something those of us in the quote alternative media need to be mindful of is that there may be algorithms out there designed to filter some of our information that we're trying to get out. I am currently working on something right now uh, on expanding the reach, on getting this information, getting credible news, credible information out there to all of you. Step one, sign up for the secret newsletter. I'm sorry for the plug. I'm sorry for the commercial, but I'm sincere when I say this. Sign up for the secret newsletter because I promise there are good things in the works where I'm just trying to share information. I'm working with some other people as well who are interested. So if you are looking to contribute, you have some ideas, please get in touch with me through serviceofchange.com. We're trying to uh, stop this in its tracks and really just get information out there to all of you as, as you know, to further your own research. I'm not going to tell you what the truth is. I'm going to give you the facts as I found them or give you my opinions and let you know that it's been my opinion and then let you draw your own conclusions because you have the freedom to do that. One more story that I, that I want to cover real quick before I jump into uh, talking about some of these natural health and home remedies. This is an interesting article, caught my attention. I found it through the Drudge Report. It's linked to The Sun, and it's The Real Life Hunger Games, Sick Rules for Bonkers New Russian Reality TV Show Allow Contestants to Fight, Rape, and Murder Each Other. Competitors will be armed with knives and dumped in the Siberian wilderness with bears and wolves for nine months in the hopes of winning 1.3 million euros. What this article goes on to say, and I'll have it in the show notes so you can look at it a little bit further into more detail. I'm just going to touch on this briefly. Um, but they, you know, they're, they're saying there's gonna be cameras all throughout this Siberian, you know, play, um, you know, game field where they're gonna be surviving for nine months. So they're not, not gonna have a camera crew running around. Everybody's gonna have their own camera pack that they have to wear, you know, to be a part of the show. And they said they're not, um, you know, rape, murder, all these different things are not off the table. Now they are saying the Russians will prosecute criminally if they can catch anything, but the cameras aren't gonna see it all. Um, you know, so there are some statements, kind of. 
it's not contradictory, but stating that they, you know, they will prosecute it, but it can still happen while they're out there. Um, it, you know, it's going to make for quote good TV. I don't think so, but. What scares me is that this is even an option, that this is even being talked about. I covered this in previous shows before Trump got elected. I did a show called The Trump Effect, and we talked about how people are starting to kind of resonate with that that fearful negative energy, much like in the movie The Hunger Games. Everybody was watching it and enjoying it. And back to the show The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger, we saw that as well. Uh, I hope it doesn't go to that, but this show would be a step in that direction. So be mindful of that. I would recommend not consuming it as interest interested as you may be to see what it's all about. The more you consume it, the more ratings it gets, the more types of these shows are repeated. So keep that in mind. Be smart consumers and drive what we're being fed. Okay, let me jump into the bulk of this show. I want to talk about um, just home remedies, natural health, healing. It's something that's been very important to me since my father died. That's when I really started getting into this. Is right around the time my father got sick with cancer. I started looking into alternative cures, alternative treatments, ways that I could take care of myself without having to take a pill. But where do we start? It's an overwhelming task, especially if some of us out there already have a medical condition. What I'm going to say to you is pick one thing. Pick one area of your health that you want to improve and start doing your own research on ways that you can improve that naturally. You have to take this gradually and in baby steps. You can't just all of a sudden say, I'm changing everything. Here it goes because you're going to feel so uncomfortable. Your body's going to go through withdrawal. Your mind's not going to be able to process and understand what needs to be done fast enough so it's going to create stress. So pause. Stop the panic pick one thing. When I first started this, I understood that I needed to change my diet. I did some research. I read just how bad for us sugar is. So that'd be my recommendation is you first need to take a look at what you are eating and the effect those foods have on your body. Is it GMO? Is it organic? You know, there's so many issues with the GMO and the pesticides. How is it processed food? Is it all natural food? Is the processed stuff has chemicals in it that have so many negative side effects on us? That's why cancer is up 400% because all the crap that we're putting in our bodies. Now, what, what good research is showing is that what's known as the alkaline diet. Write that down if you haven't done so already. Look into the alkaline diet. Basically, what the alkaline diet states is that if your blood is more alkaline than acidic, you have it, it, cancer and other diseases can't thrive. They can't function. So in a, in a, in a, your pH level is more alkaline the conditions in your body allow for your body to heal and repair itself. Your body will fix itself. Save the, I mean, obviously, there's certain types of trauma in there. Where, like, Look, you need to go to the doctor. Your arm's hanging off or something. I'm not talking about that right now. What I'm talking about is basic everyday. Don't even think of it as health care. Think of it as wellness care. The key is in prevention. Put your mind on prevention. So I'm going to tune my body, my machine, my engine, so it's running in optimal condition. So when I encounter a threat, when I encounter a virus, even if I get sick, my body's going to have what it needs stored up to fight that infection off a lot faster than if I was uh, eating unhealthily and didn't have a good body. I mean, didn't have good um, nutrients in my body to take care of myself. So 
when I first started, I was drinking a ton of fruit juice, a ton of lemonade, and most of that was sugar. So I started cutting that lemonade in half. I'd do half a glass of lemonade and then mix it with half a glass of water. And I did that for about probably six months. And then I said, okay, I'm ready for the next step. So what I did after that, I went to straight water. And I haven't turned back. It was easier for me to make that transition because it was gradual. I don't drink juice at all now. I don't drink sodas. You know, I, I drink my waters. I'll, I'll mix it with apple cider vinegar, uh, and I make my own teas out of different herbs that you know that I've learned about over the years. But it's been one thing at a time. I want to give you some advice on a tonic that you can make that's antiviral, antibacterial, and antifungal, antimicrobial. It's so good for you. It boosts your immune system and it reduces inflammation in your body. And I'll have this listed in the show notes as well when this comes out. Sign up for the newsletter to make sure that you get it. But I, I make this uh, probably every three weeks I have to make a new batch. I have to make a new batch today actually. Um, and I take it when I'm well, I take it once a day. I take about a tablespoon every morning and I make a smoothie in the morning um, so I can maximize the absorption of nutrients first thing in the morning. It gives my, my digestive system a break. It's just absorbing all those nutrients that I need to start my day off right. And I add this in there as well. All health starts in the gut. That's where your good bacteria is. That's going to filter out all the bad stuff. If the, if the fauna in your gut is not right, everything else in your body is going to fall apart. It's not going to work. You're just, you're going to get more infection. You're going to get more inflammation when your body has inflammation. Then it works to reduce the inflammation when it should be working to fight off infection and disease. So everything's connected. All these systems in your body are connected. So what I do is I make this tonic. Um, I make a, a large dose of it and then I just put it in the fridge and I put a tablespoon in every single morning. It's a jalapeno pepper. It's, uh, you know, probably two finger lengths of, um, ginger root, organic ginger root. I use turmeric, either the organic powder or I get the actual root itself and I mince it up. I use uh, several cloves of, of garlic, not the whole bowl, but several cloves of garlic um, and, and some some cayenne pepper as well because the capsicum in there um, is good for improving circulation and moving things through your body. It's also anti-inflammatory. Same with the ginger is anti-inflammatory. The garlic is a great antibiotic. It helps fight infection. So I get all those things in there and then I top it off with uh, probably a cup, cup and a half of uh, raw, unfiltered, unpasteurized apple cider vinegar. Now that, not only does it, is it all those wonderful things, it's a probiotic which helps restore the good bacteria in your gut. It's, um, you know, it's antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, all that good stuff. It helps clear the system as well. Um, in addition, what apple cider vinegar does is it helps balance the pH level in your body. So although it goes in acidic, once your body processes it, it becomes alkaline. It goes into your bloodstream alkaline. It puts you in that optimal condition to promote healing and prevent disease. Cancer can't thrive in an alkalinic, alkaline blood system. And that's what we want. So I'm watching what I'm eating, which is more vegetables, more alkaline vegetables. I'm limiting the bad stuff. Not saying I don't eat it. I, you know, I do have my weaknesses. I do eat things that I shouldn't eat, but that's fine because it's in balance. So I make that concoction. I put it on the food processor mix it up. It makes this horribly smelly liquid. And I take it one tablespoon a day, uh, tablespoon, one tablespoon per day every morning. And my health has been great. I haven't gotten really, this is the, the most healthiest year I've ever had. I've been doing this for about a year now. Um, so I, I've been going pretty well. Now, when I do get sick, cause I still get sick from time to time, my infections are lasting longer. When my symptoms are at their peak, when you got the headache, the chills, the fever, you're exhausted. And all you want to do is grab that one pill. I don't grab that pill. Instead, I take a tablespoon of that stuff every two to three hours when my symptoms are at their peak. That's the dosage I found that works for me. You may need more 
more. You may need less depending on your body weight, body weight and body type. But that's what works for me. That's what I go by. Um, you know, one tablespoon every two to three hours. And that lasts, I'm on that regimen probably for about two to three days. And then I scale it back until I'm feeling better again. And I'm usually kicking the worst of it in, in probably two to three days. Um, you know, and then I'm just kind of dealing with the residual effects after that. But that helps me because my body's naturally got a strong immune system now. So when I'm sick, I go into overdrive with that stuff. Now, personal story, just the other day, about five days ago, I was out shoveling snow. We had such a heavy wet snow it was so bad and i shoveled my whole driveway feeling like yeah i'm fit and i'm you know in shape and i do i you know i work out all the time i'm really into yoga i'm flexible i'm limber i did something to my back i don't man i don't know what it was i finished shoveling and i built a snowman with my kids you know picked up the big heavy snow put the snowman pieces on top of one another feeling great come inside a little bit tired bend over to tie to take off my boots and boom just lightning from my back all the way down my legs. I couldn't move. It was the worst pain I have ever experienced. I was in a state of shock. How did I throw my back out? I'm in shape. You know, it really, really hurt, really surprised me. I'm telling you, it was so bad. I couldn't sit. I couldn't stand. I couldn't lay. Anytime I moved, I'd get shooting pains down my back. So, you know, I don't know if I pulled a muscle or if I have a herniated disc. I don't know what the issue was. I rested that first day. I started upping my doses of the, you know, the concoction I just told you about because it has a lot of anti-inflammatory properties in it. I also started making fresh ginger root tea and adding turmeric to it because they are very good anti-inflammatory herbs. So, because this, a lot of my issues was everything was so swollen and inflamed in my back and I needed to reduce that swelling. Natural things like taking a bath with some essential oils in there that are designed to relax the muscles. Um, hot compress, cold compress, you know, heat and cold to, to try to relax that tension in my muscles as well. And then I started doing some stretching through some, some yoga, just 15 minutes that were, was designed to address the lower back. And I've got to say, here I am five days later, I'm probably at about 80% functionality right now. Now, this is an injury that based on the research that I did and the pain that I felt, they said the recovery time is usually one month to six weeks. I'm nobody special. I think what helps is that I was in decent shape before I got injured and I, I treated myself with these things that have helped me. I reduced the inflammation and I was able to do the stretching to get the mobility back within you know to my injured area. So, but three years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that because I didn't have the understanding of how my body works, of how these different herbs work. It's been one thing at a time. It's been a gradual process. And that's what I want to challenge you to do. Pick one thing, pick one ailment and work on nothing but that for six months. That's the, that's the only thing you change is one thing in your diet. You've made one improvement and then move on to the next one. In the beginning, I felt like I'm not doing enough. This sucks. Now I have a remedy for everything I've encountered so far, especially with young children in the house. When they come up with something, oh, let me research this. Let me try it on myself. Let me dose it a little bit to them. My medicine cabinet, I threw out all the pills and all the drugs in my medicine cabinet about a year and a half ago, and now it's filled with essential oils and homemade stuff that I, that I you know, concoct based on the research that I've done. And this has a, a, a ripple effect throughout you know, yourself, your community, your environment. For example, I started looking at different herbs that can help with different things, things like plantain, things like dandelion and dandelion root, which are known to fight off infection, to fight off, uh, you know, to be a, a minor painkiller, and to help fight cancer nonetheless. 
What do we do with those roots normally? We spray them with weed killer that is known to cause cancer. Once we start understanding the value in these things that we spray toxic chemicals on, we start improving our own environment because we don't want to destroy things that are so precious and valuable to us. So what started out as me just trying to change my health has now forced me to take a more active and vested interest in caring for my environment. That's what I'm trying to drive home. These things have a ripple effect and they can really help and make a difference in our own lives and in our in the surrounding community and the world around us. And it's a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun learning this. It's hard. At times it has been hard when I'm sitting there feeling like garbage, trying a remedy and it doesn't work. But I stayed dedicated to it. I'm proud that I did as I experimented with different things. And now I have found things that work, one of them which I just gave you a recipe for. So I'd love to hear what works for you. What have you What have you tried that's worked, that hasn't worked? Let me know. Send me an email through servicetochange.com. Just click on the contact tab. And I'd love to hear from you, um, you know, because again, I think together we can share this information, put it out there so others out there can can uh, really benefit from us. My goal is to limit the the machine that is big pharma that is not always using the best in your health as their primary focus. It's profits. It's profits. I witnessed it with my father. They were telling the man to put frosting on everything to put weight on when he had chemo. Frosting, which is sugar, feeds cancer. Instead of telling the man to eat something like an avocado or a baked potato that would have been so much better for him, they told him to put frosting and sugar on it, which only helped the cancer to spread throughout his body. So am I a little biased on this one? I'll admit that. I'll own that. That doesn't mean I'm wrong. There are alternatives out there. I'm not saying we can't ever go to a doctor again. There is certainly times when we need to use a medical professional. However, there are so many times if we took our own wellness into our own hands where we can feel better. We won't have to take a drug. We won't have to deal with the side effects. We can allow our bodies to heal. Normally when you take a pill, it masks the symptoms. When you go the natural way, you heal and treat the cause. And that's my goal. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been the Secret Podcast at Service of Change. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I am all out of time today. Remember that small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Seekers.